You're listening and watching Rashkin Report. Rashkin Report. This is Yuri Rashkin. Thank you for joining me today, and I am excited to welcome to this program uh, Marina Litvinenko. Marina, thank you for being here. Hi. Good morning. Good afternoon to everybody. Okay. Thank you. And Marina Litvinenko is joining us from Great Britain, um, where it is uh, several hours, I believe, six hours later than it is here uh, in Wisconsin. And uh, Ms. Litvinenko has a fascinating story of her own because her husband, Alexander Litvinenko, was murdered um, in London uh, by radioactive uh, weapons. Um, and it was uh, through long uh, query and court proceedings, it was determined to have had extensive probable connections to Kremlin. But more importantly, or not important, more relevant to this particular moment in time, is her petition that she is with uh, her organization is uh, pushing forward uh, to have the Nobel Peace Prize awarded to Alexei Navalny. Alexei Navalny, also leader of opposition of whatever opposition movement there is in Russia at this point, was also poisoned, but he has survived um, and has returned to Russia and was promptly arrested, resulting in protests that have just occurred and perhaps will be also continuing. Let's discuss all of this. Marina, once again, thank you for being on the program. And please go ahead and tell us what is the purpose? Uh, why do you feel it is important to uh, award Nobel Peace Prize to Alexei Navalny at this time? Uh from my point of view, Alexei Navalny is a real hero. His work for what is he doing for Russian people, for people who lives not in Russia, but they are Russian nationality, but believes one day they would be able to come back to Russia, it became very important. He gave all of us a hope Russia might be changed. And one day it became is a safe country for everybody with a, a law system, with peace, with everything. Because immigration now is a very big, we do understand why people immigrated in the 70s. We do understand why people were not happy maybe in, a, in the beginning of 90s. But why people try to escape from Russia now, it's a bigger question. And because it's life is not as good as uh, this uh, current Russian government tried to present. And Alexei Navalny, for last few years, um, mostly from 2011, became is a prominent figure of opposition um, protest. And he is just now maybe only leader of this opposition. And now when he was almost died last summer, he survived. He came back to Russia and many people told him, don't do this because you definitely will be detained. You will definitely will be put to prison. But he, as a politician, has not a choice. He said, I want to go to Russia because I need to be with my people. And now when he's in prison and his life in danger and how people supported him last weekend, when they went outside for this protest and how uh, all news all around the world touch this subject as well. I believe it's very important to talk about Alexei Navalny as a, a candidate 
for Nobel Peace Prize. And uh, what was this, my opinion to nominated him for this? Well, um, what kind of response are you getting? And the reason I'm asking is this. Um, I think in the English-speaking world, uh, Alexei Navalny has been pretty much universally praised and supported for his basically heroic actions. Um, on the other hand, in Russian, there's been some fair amount of criticism said about him. Um, and uh, because he's been in the public eye for a number of years and has said a number of things. Um, what um, relevance do you give to those, to any critical statements of him um, at this point in time? I think we need to talk not about Alexei Navalny as a person. You might say, I do like him or I don't like him. We need to talk about what a feeling he developed in a, each person for what he's saying or what he's trying to do or actually what he did when he came back to Russia. And I would explain what happened to me when I was sitting on Saturday and day before and discussing, do I need to go for this protest? Even if I was not in Russia, I was in a European city and I knew it would be peaceful and particularly it was uh, allowed to go. But I knew if I'm not going, I will feel I'm, I'm not doing something right. And when I talked to another people, it was almost the same. It was not because for Alexei Navalny, it's for what he tried to motivate. You need to be feel free. You need to be feel you want to live in the country, Russia. You want to, your children would be happy in this country. It's more about this. And now we don't have no any other person who might make people to feel in this way. And in this moment, it's compromise. We're not talking about Alexei Navalny as a person. We're talking about as a movement, what we have talking about Alexei Navalny. All right, um, you, you live in the West for quite some time. Um, you know, and I think in the West people relate to politicians differently. They're more or less public servants. Some are more corrupt than others, but they are public servants. Um, in Russia, it seems like their politicians are viewed differently, which makes sense since there's no elections. Um, how do you, what is your comment on the difference in perception? Um, first of all, uh, when we're talking about corruption, and uh, people in a way are saying, oh, corruption is everywhere. Of course, people sometimes take money for what they don't need to take. And we have uh, politicians who might be corrupt, but they don't understand. Yes, you do have a corruption in a, some system, but you have a state would fight against corruption. In Russia, we don't have a state would fight against corruption against uh, criminality in the secret service because it's a uh, corruption itself. And when we have uh, some kind of uh, process against corrupted uh, uh, civil servant, it's not because they fight against criminality. They just try to clean somebody, maybe they don't want to pay them money because Kremlin, and I'm pretty sure it's a already very much corrupt system. It's never going to fight against corruption and criminality in the country. What happened to Russia now? And to believe one day 
they will decide to allow uh, people to be elected or to go to some high position. It never happened because it's everything under control of this corruption system. What is it different? You never ever will find a case against a people who are very close to Vladimir Putin, who has a very inner circle. It would be always controlled. It's like a gang. And I would say my husband, Alexander Litvinenko, who worked on FSB, and in 1998, he took a place in the press conference. It was the first time when he saying, as the FSB, we know it's a successor of KGB, became as a system what is not protecting people, but became dangerous for people. It was so difficult to accept because it was 1998, just seven years since Soviet Union collapsed. It was a lot of illusion and hope for what might happen to uh, modern Russia. But unfortunately, what my husband, Alexander Litvinenko said, it finally happened. And now we're talking about controlling of security service, everything in Russia. But we're not talking about secret service, we're talking about criminal secret service. And what is the difference? And it's very difficult to explain here in the West. And now Alexei Navalny producing his uh, films about corruption, how it works, what money going from one system to another one, how people, how people became in the top of the list of rich people just because they've been very close to Vladimir Putin in a childhood or they've been students together or they work together in a security service. Do we have another question? How is the system corrupted? Now, I, th I think the comparison is pretty clear. Uh, thank you. And, uh, and uh, um, it's a good reminder that Alexei Navalny puts out amazing uh, product, uh, also known as films uh, on YouTube that have seen tens and tens, like uh, 80 million views. I don't know, the astronomical numbers by Russian internet standards, uh, comparable to like Korean uh, boy band, like BTC kind of numbers where it's like, well, okay, it's a two hour movie. So, and it has English subtitles to the whole thing. So you too can go and check it out and figure out the amazingly corrupt uh, palace of Putin, which doesn't even work all that well. Um, so, Marina, before we part, I do want to ask you, um, you have had having an amazing journey. You lost your husband to a poisoning. And before that, he was a spy. Uh, can you tell me kind of how it affected you? What have you learned through this experience that, that you can share uh, with with those that, thank God, have not, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Uh, first of all, I do understand it is kind of English play uh, with words. And Sasha, when he named as a spy, I always disagree because for me, yeah. spy, it's who made a job as a secret service in the territory of another country, kind of James Bond or something like that. No, he was not. He was a kind of FBI. Yes. No, 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 no. He was FBI, uh, more, mostly like this, a worker. He worked against a very serious organized crime, anti-terrorism. It means he was always internal job. He never been used as an outside worker. I mean, he was not spy. And he was a real patriot. And 
until he worked and understood he does the right things. He was a real patriot. But when he realized he started to work for criminal system, what makes him feel just against of the system when he started his fight. For me, he was a man who I loved very much and he uh, doing this uh, very dangerous things. Uh, sometimes people ask me why he did it, why he never thought about you, about your son. He was a very little, but Sasha thought about us and, uh, but he couldn't uh, be indifferent for what happened around him, why he raised his voice, why he decided is it normal to talk about this and to feel safe. Unfortunately, it was not. And uh, why he decided to escape from Russia. And again, he'd never been uh, a double agent. He never make anything bad to, to his own country, Russia. He just realized he need to save his family because it was treat not just to him, to his life, it was to us, to his family. Why it was decision to escape uh, from Russia one day? Why? Why? Um, all right, Marina, thank you so much. How can people help and how can people sign a petition? Where can they find it? Uh, to help Alexei Navalny, if they choose to, uh, honestly, I hope they will. You know, I, I'm. I think that this is a really uh, worthy task, and uh, you're probably the perfect person to organization. You know, you and your organization to push this forward uh, because, I, I, as far as I can tell, that's grassroots, but it's absolutely the right grassroots. Uh, so, thank you for your work. How can people help? First of all, Yuri, thank you very much for inviting me to your program and to make this opportunity to say you can sign this petition in a, a website, uh, change.org. And this it's in the Russian language and in the English language as well. And as many signs we will receive, uh, more chance we will have to, to bring this petition to Nobel Committee and to have this registration of Alexei Navalny for this price what i hope All right. and, yeah. and and again thank you because it's, it's it's extraordinary opportunity to talk about this and to bring people this news excellent and i hope that people will watch this and they'll want to share it because of the interesting things that you have said and then they'll sign the petition and subscribe to the channel everybody wins my name is thank you so much for being on rashkin report take care